Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. So welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. Today, we are so excited to have Olga Mecking, the author of Nixon, Embracing the Dutch Art of Doing Nothing. Olga is a journalist, a writer, a translator, and originally from Poland, she now lives with her German husband and her three children in the Netherlands. Her writing has appeared in the New York Times, the Atlantic, the BBC, and the Guardian, among other things. And her first book, of course, as we're discussing, Nixon, Embracing the Dutch Art of Doing Nothing, is now out with Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. So welcome, Olga. Thank you, so for, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Yes, welcome. So our audience is filled with really busy women trying to kind of figure out what's next in their life. And all of them need some self-care. And a lot of them probably used to get self-care by leaving the house in some way. And now nobody leaves the house ever. So we wanted to kick off with a discussion of what Nixon is not, because it's not sitting on the couch mindlessly scrolling through social media. I was sad to find out. (laughs) That's not it. That's not achieving the goal of Nixon. So can you talk a little bit about what it is and is not? Yeah. So to to kind of um, tie you up to to what you just said about it not being, you know, scrolling Facebook. And I want to say it's okay to scroll Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you know, to use social media. It's okay. It's it's not Nixon, but it's not a bad thing, right? So we will right. do it. We do it for a reason. And I think it's just, you know, fine if you're scrolling Facebook, especially if the people on Facebook are sort of the only people you see. But what Nixon is, so Nixon is a Dutch word and it means to do nothing. And I really like that the Dutch had one word for doing nothing to say to do nothing or not to do anything but in in dutch it's just nixon it's one word very convenient very practical and i love it um, yeah and i kind of set up to find a good definition because what what's doing nothing like what (laughs) what is it (laughs) and i found it it i found it pretty harsh to to kind of find a good definition but one i found and i really liked was to do nothing without the purpose so it's kind of sitting on your couch and staring out of the window and um, looking at clouds or looking at people go by. And then the other part, I also like the other part without a purpose, because yeah. very often we find that we have to have some sort of philosophy behind everything we do. So let's say we don't mm-hmm. eat certain things because they're t- they taste good. We eat them because they're healthy or they'll, they, they'll give certain nutrients or because they're good for a diet or because they're good for gut health no million reasons philosophies just not that it just tastes good (laughs) (laughs) right right like it just feels good sometimes to sit and look at the clouds yeah sometimes it does yeah yeah. sometimes it really does i loved the latvian phrase you talked about that was to cucumber around Yeah. I've thought about it so much in the last week. I think I need to go cucumber around for a little while. <laughs> yeah, there's so so many. I, I I found it interesting that there were so many phrases or words around the world. Well, that they didn't always mean you know doing nothing, but there had something to do with just sitting around and maybe doing nothing or 
just doing not something like something that's not terribly important and sort of slow and lazy. Right. I, I thought that was really nice. Yes. And yeah. I know when I first picked up the book, I was thinking it was going to be more like meditation. And so in mm -hmm. meditation, I think for me and for a lot of people can seem a little scary because you don't feel like you're doing it right. And that's one of the things I really yeah. found appealing about Nixon is that it's not this pressure to feel like, am I doing it right? But I did find myself while I was doing it, like with my mind really kind of like a mom's where you got a million other things my shopping list starts coming into my head and i'm like i don't feel like this is nixoning so like are you supposed to try to correct yourself when that happens or just kind of get back to the clouds <laughs> no i think naturally it's going to go from kind of one state to another so maybe may start with kind of wanting to nix around and you're going to do it for a few minutes and then you're going to turn to your to your to-do list or you're going to kind of go through, you know, shopping or oh, everything you have to do. And then you you kind of remember, oh, I have work to do too. And then you'll start thinking about that. I think unless that becomes very upsetting to you, right? In a way that it gets your heart pumping and, and you start feeling very, very bad. Unless that happens, I think it's okay to just let it happen and not try and not, not expect yourself to think in a certain way or or be in a certain state of mind because all those thoughts like in, in my case all those thoughts that you know it starts with oh I have to do this and this and this and that and it mm -hmm. kind of reminds me of a book that I just read and that reminds me of a book that I wanted to read but haven't bought yet <laughs> so I have to buy it and then it goes to about remembering this other book they said something interesting that may lead to a story. So it's kind of, for at least for, for me and in my head, it's my thoughts just start jumping around in my head and, and bumping into each other and create new ideas. Yeah. And for me, this is the big appeal of Nixon, this kind of creativity and, and inventiveness. In, in America, we've got a, a kid's book called If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but they play off it for moms. Like if you give a mom a cookie, it's like, okay, if you give a mom a cookie, then she's going to remember that she needs to buy some milk. And then she's going to remember the study she read about, you know, calcium deficiency in women. And then she's going to go, you know, freak out that her prescriptions haven't been filled. And so it's just this idea. And I think that that's kind of the way that I guess everybody's brain works that way. But I feel like moms, especially you go into it in the book a lot about this. It's the mental load of motherhood. The mental load. Yeah. 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 So it's that mental load that I think a lot of moms carry where you feel like if I'm not constantly thinking about it, I might forget to do it. But kind of in between, sometimes you get those kind of flashes of inspiration where you have, you know, an idea for uh, for an article, or at least I do, or something that's kind of more creative. I think that's the beauty of Nixon that I, you, there should not be guilt attached with it. And it is, it doesn't have to be hours long. It's not, it's not even like yeah. committing to a movie. You're going to nix around for a few minutes and who knows what your brain will do at that time. It's sort of magical. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I find because I have noticed also with myself that when I kind of, you know, with meditation, for example, you kind of start and, okay, am I in the right state of mind? Um, is my head clear enough? Um, is the music right? Is my clothes right? And then you start kind of worrying that you're not doing right. enough. 
do you mm. kind of get it right or correctly or perfectly right. and i also felt like this guilt it's it's also very very true sadly for many mothers that they just feel guilty when they're not constantly doing something and i, I thought also also thought that telling them to you know just don't feel guilty it's not I find it not very helpful simply because then they start, okay, but I am feeling guilty. So you're telling me I shouldn't feel guilty, but I am. And so are you telling me my, you know, my feelings are not correct or yeah. <laughs> what's your problem at the moment? So I think it's just better to acknowledge that you're feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. And one piece of advice I got from Chris Bailey, who is a productivity expert, he says, Okay, yeah, he, he too felt guilty when he wasn't productive all the time. You know, he's the productivity expert. He should be productive right. at all times. <laughs> and he said, no, actually, yeah, I value good work. I, I value um, getting things done. I value writing. I value, you know, just good work. But I also value rest. I also value yeah. relaxing. I also value, value taking time for myself. And I, I also think... Um, for many people maybe it would help to say okay if you wouldn't do it for yourself at least say okay but maybe it will make me you know it will help my kids or like try to find a way to make it work for you so that's uh, that's what I try to tell people because it is it's a modeling a really nice behavior for your kids if you can make that appeal to moms the okay you're guilty but you're doing it for them (laughs) so it doesn't count I know for some Gretchen Rubin has this kind of, um, she divides people in four groups. And there's this one group called the obligers mm-hmm. who just really like to. We are kind both of obligers. Yep, yeah, we're both Gretchen Rubin obligers for sure. <laughs> yeah, so, so she says for those people, it helps. Um, if, you, if you can't meet your own expectations, then at least you're going to meet other people's expectations. And, you know, if, my, my, if your kids have a calmer, more relaxed mom, that's just you know, just, just a positive thing. Exactly. So do you find uh, as you were interviewing or as you continue to talk to moms about excuses or reasons that they have for not doing it or making it a practice, is that primarily it, the guilt or are there some other excuses you hear? Yeah. So the guilt is a big part, although I wouldn't say those are excuses. I think those are legitimate reasons why women, Mm -hmm. mothers find it difficult to do nothing. Because, you know, the social expectations, they are real and they have real impact on, on mother's behavior. So, and for example, if we see a father on the couch or a guy, a man on the couch sitting there doing nothing, we'd say, oh, he's thinking, thinking big thoughts <laughs> or he's resting because he's working so hard. You know, imagine the same with a mom or a woman on the couch. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. or not not mm-hmm. as much simply yeah. because men tend to kind of protect their own time. And then also women protect, they protect men's time as well. So they have like this double sort of protection. And then women do not protect their own time and no one else does either. Mm-hmm. And there's this big gap between how we see men's and women's time. So for example, men's time is it's it's um you just have a small amount of it right so it's valuable mm-hmm. and has to be right. used that wisely women's time is it's a river like it's oh <laughs> it's always there and women will always have time for you know everything and so we don't we don't tend to think of that time as valuable mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I loved the chapter all about busyness and assigning this value to busyness. A couple episodes ago, Missy and I spent the whole episode talking about this idea of backfilling your busy. Like as soon as time frees up in your life, women or me... Is it just me and you, Missy? I don't think so. We automatically so. fill it with things that aren't necessarily the highest value things that we could be doing for ourselves. So instead of spending, you know, five minutes to Nix, we'll spend five minutes organizing a spice drawer or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. just because we feel like we need to be busy and we need to be doing something that has this this visible result when we're done. Yeah. Yeah. There's this yeah. kind of shame. And I was, I don't want to say pleased, but I, it's, it was heartening to realize that wasn't just an American thing. Mm. Um, but I feel like in the U S we're so conditioned that everything has to have a byproduct. Uh, You can't even really have a hobby anymore without somebody saying you should open an Etsy store or you should monetize that. And so it was nice to see that that is a worldwide condition and nice to know that there is a movement to do something about that and change that. Yes. Yeah, I, I even read something in a Polish Facebook page that, that kind of talked about this exact thing. And it said, we have to be seen working. And we've, you know, if we're done with our work in a smaller amount of time, then we have to do it again. Yep. <laughs> because, you know, the more time you spend on work, the, the assumption is the more time you spend on work, the better and the more you, you'll do. And in fact, for some time, types of work, you know, give me two hours, I'll do it in two hours. Give me six hours, I'll do it in six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I loved your chapter about the just the FaceTime at the office as well as just your boss seeing you there and the, mm-hmm. you know, that showing that, oh, I'm spending this much time here. I must be very important. I'm doing all these <laughs> things. And I'm yeah. really curious how, you know, all this time of people working at home and, you know, from COVID might hopefully maybe impact that where people can see that there's the opportunity to not have to be in your face for your boss to think that you're actually doing work. We'll we'll see yeah, if that, that remains once people go back to the office. Yeah, yeah. But of course, like from home, like then it also changes because then everything, everyone is constantly available. Mm-hmm. So the, the, mm-hmm. the lines between work and home that have started blurred, blurring long time ago has have like they have blurred even more. Yep. Yeah. I remember the first time, and this was probably 10, 15 years. Oh, gosh, it was definitely 15 years ago. Man, mm-hmm. I haven't had a real job for a long time. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, re- I remember the first time one of my clients called me at home. I'm sure maybe today that isn't as big of a deal. But yeah, that that chipping away at the privacy and your your special safe space of home is that's going to be a scary result of this working from home as well. Yeah. yeah, and also the surveillance where kind of employers can install sort of software to make sure like to to kind of really see what their employers are mm-hmm. doing and how long they're doing it and what they're using. Oh God, I haven't even thought of that. <laughs> I know my my kids' teachers are doing that. Hmm? Oh, yeah, the teachers are doing that. Yeah. I had to make sure to remind my kids not to be Googling on their <laughs> school laptops. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, they're being monitored. I'm wondering if you, in, in talking to women, especially now that the, those lines are obliterated between work and home for most people, um, what's been the greatest challenge for working Nixon 
into their day. Whereas I think we're conditioned to think, oh, if I want to go get a manicure or a massage or go on a meditation retreat, I plan that, I schedule it, I block it out with something like okay. Nixon. It just you can just do it. So is that a challenge or is it actually beneficial that people are at home? Um, I would say it's beneficial and, and, you know, activities like manicures, it's great, but it's also something like you said, you have to plan it, you have to schedule it, you have to go somewhere and you have, you have to usually pay for it. So that's kind of really interesting how, you know, we, we expected to pay to make ourselves feel better. And it's kind of revolutionary to think, you know, that, you can just stay at home and not have to go anywhere. For example, I, I, a few years ago, I signed up for ballet classes and I found that pretty, like I really enjoyed it while I was there, but I had to leave the moment my husband came back from work right. and I had to kind of remember to, you know, then, then breastfeed my baby mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, get out of the door and, and hurry up and make it to classes on time right and I found out so stressful that I just stopped going (laughs) yep yeah I completely relate to that it becomes so much more of a burden than a mental health break even even if you do enjoy it while you're there there's just all these extra pieces around it yeah yeah yeah, no it's it's true and then like okay you know ballet I I really liked it but it was just not it was just too stressful to be worth the effort yeah Yeah, that's such a shame too. But it's kind of interesting that you bring up this idea of, you know, Nixon being free. And I wonder if people put less value on it because they're, I mean, Mm. if you had to go to a class to Nixon and you paid $40 a month for that, I think people would assign more value to it. Maybe, maybe so. But then why do you have to like monetize, you know, everything? Yeah, well, that's, I think that's just the, that's the mentality, especially of Americans. I think that if, well, if you're not paying for it, then is it, is it valuable or? (laughs) Right. Whereas I think it's probably one of the most valuable things we can do is give ourselves permission to just be. Yes. And I'm curious, Olga, how, how has it impacted your life? Are you still doing it after the book? Is it part of your daily ritual? Yeah. So that, I think it's important to kind of acknowledge that it's hard to generalize because um, even, for example, if you talk about mothers, okay, where, did, where, where are they? You know, what, the, what does the government response? What kind of support do they have available? And like, are the schools open? For me, that it's a big, big difference if the schools are open or mm-hmm. not. So for example, from March last year till May last year, they closed schools. And I was running around like a headless chicken, basically. I was so stressed. And then they opened the schools and that was so nice. It was actually nice because the kids were at school and I didn't have to take care of their schoolwork anymore because that was the school's job again. And I found that quite relaxing. You know, that was actually nice to be able to send your kids to school and have them learn there so I wouldn't be responsible for their learning. But now the schools are closed again. So now I'm really stressed out again. So um, not not very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My kids have not been to school since last March. It's almost oh, yeah. a year now. Yeah, We're no, having so, a lot of together time. Uh, yeah. So that's, yeah. And after that, I'm just, it's, it's not tiring. Like it's not physically tiring. tiring. I'm not doing physical work here but after that I'm just so tired I'm exhausted and if I do anything at this time it's probably because I can't move my toes I'm so tired (laughs) 
It's because you're unconscious. Yeah. Oh, almost, almost, yeah. Do your kids know about Nixon? Do they know that you wrote a book? Do they know about the concept? They do, yes. And my eldest, she was very involved in the book writing process. First, she said, "No, I can't do nothing." She's she's just very she's just she's just very active, very athletic. So she moves around a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, but sometimes she she would like go like, "Oh, I just read this," or "You have to write about that." So she was really contributing. That was really nice. That's very the, cute. Yeah, no, it's, that was actually very cute. And the two little ones, I think they, they are kind of much better at, at doing nothing. Yeah, I think it is something to some extent that is innate in certain people. Like I have one child who I really want to introduce this concept to him and practice it with him a couple times a day or for a couple minutes even because he can't do nothing. And if there is nothing to do, he's at odds with himself. And then I have <laughs> another child who can, he could probably stare at the ceiling for a little while and be totally fine with that and not feel guilt. And, and he, I think, innately understands the benefit to that. Whereas my other one is like, heck no, like I need a thing to do and a plan at all times. Yep. Yeah, no, that's, that's, you know, that's fine. Work with what you've got, right? So if you have <laughs> a person who schedules thing, then schedule Nixon time. And if Nixon doesn't work, maybe you can try it some more, but if it really doesn't work, which is perfectly fine, then you can, um, you know, do something else. Like, I know people find coloring re- very relaxing or playing with Lego blocks, or mm-hmm. I, I know even Lego started doing sets for, stressed adults so they're no longer yeah they're no longer targeting kids they're targeting stressed out adults so they can kind of play around (laughs) i love that uh, people color people paint people crochet um i cook or bake (laughs) Mm -hmm. um at those times so there's so many other things that you have that you can can do and what helps me for example um is listening to music and then I really kind of focus on, on the music. Yeah. And, you know, try to, okay, this is the, the voice and this is the bass line and this is the trumpet or, you know, what kind of interest, instrument in, is that? And you're really listening to music. So you focus on that, but you're really doing nothing. Yeah. That's I a like good it. idea. Well, before we jump into the look, listen, learn segment. Is there anything that we haven't covered about Nixon that you think is really important for people to know? Um, no, I think we've covered it all. And they can get the book to, if we missed yes. anything. We don't want to cover all of it. They need to go read the book. Yeah. <laughs> the book is so beautifully, it's beautifully written and it's also really beautifully laid out. Like I highly recommend getting the actual hard copy book. It's just a lovely piece of writing. Yes. And, um, it's and such so a nice. beautiful we cover. Can- It's such a pretty cover and it's just a, there's something peaceful about everything down to the typeface. I can't explain it, but it's a pretty book. It's it's like, I haven't seen the the actual US and North American version of of the book because the other version were more, they're actually very different. um, And they were more kind of orange. Yeah, this Um, one's just beautiful. Oh yeah, yeah, Missy Missy can show it to you. She's got it on her shelf there. Yeah, yeah, wow, it looks really pretty. (laughs) <laughs> it's really pretty. And the inside is just, I can't explain it, but it is like just, it's just pretty. Yeah, it looks Not great. Even. And I like, it's kind of got a nice like blush pink to wow. it. Wow. 
No, I like it. <laughs> thank you so much for showing me because I've, I haven't gotten this version yet. So I've got the, the Polish version, the Russian version, the Hungarian, Romanian, UK, uh, Dutch. Um, there are three English language versions. So one for the Netherlands and Belgium, one for the UK and Commonwealth and one for US, um, wow. US and Canada. And the fun thing is that they're all different versions. So different covers. Um, the, 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 the version that's published in the Netherlands in Dutch and English has also different uh, art. Um, if I can get a copy if you want to see it. Oh yeah, that would be so yeah. interesting. We can, yes, uh, I do you have some minute? place we could link the show notes to? Please excuse our brief pause as Olga goes to her bookcase. I'm back. So All right. this is um, the Dutch version. Oh, that's and like super English, simple. Yeah, so the English version in the Netherlands is similar, only the Dutch, the, the orange and the beige are, they change places. Got it. I love how simple that is. There are really cute drawings in there. Look at oh, those. That. <laughs> That's really cute. And well, I'm guessing did your publisher take care of all that art stuff? Yeah, yeah. So um, so that's what I wanted to say. The U.S. edition, they sent me some, some art, so I have no idea which ones, like what they used, because I haven't seen the whole thing yet for, yeah. for the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, so, but they did change it. So they went in a totally different direction. That's also super pretty. Yeah. So I'm really excited. For example, I love the Polish cover of Nixon. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> anything with a cat. Exactly. So the cat, I think that's my favorite one. Talk about Nixon prose. Yeah, Cats exactly. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> that's an excellent point. <laughs> oh, yeah, be well, a cat or a cucumber. Yeah, be a cucumber. Yeah, that's what they said. <laughs> that might look like a different kind of book. <laughs> <laughs> But since we're talking about reading, that makes sense to lead into the yeah. look, listen, learn. So Olga, we're, we have a little segment that we do look, listen, learn. So it's like look could be things that you're watching, reading, listen, things that you're listening to, or things that you've learned. But we may or may not be um, renaming it. <laughs> so, I feel like we're kind of stuck with it now, although I, it's I growing it's on me. growing on me. But yeah. just, just to give you an idea of the kind of stuff we talk about, we'll go ahead and jump in first <laughs> so we can give you a head start of uh, stuff to think about. So my look for this week, and it continues to be for the past few weeks, is um, this artist I found called, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Carlos Gamas de Francisco. And we need to link to this in the show notes. I am just in okay. love and we could have an entire podcast episode about how I came upon his art at this woman who lives not too far away from us has an art dealership out of her house. So her house is just like filled, like it's on the floor, it's on shelves, it's in the kitchen, it's everywhere. <laughs> like famous artists, like Diego Rivera pieces in her kitchen. Just, yeah. <laughs> and we went over there. She offered my daughter a tour because my daughter's an artist just to kind of look around. And I came upon this art and I'm just obsessed. Um, so I've been following and he just had a few new pieces come out on Instagram. So I was looking at those. <laughs> and then I just, I don't know if this is a learning thing. This head massager. I got one of those for Christmas. You got one for Christmas? Yes. Do you use it when you shampoo? Yes. Yes. It is the gift that keeps nice. on giving. 
every day it is well not every day because well, let's let's be honest about how right. often i shower <laughs> or wash hair but it's just and it costs what like three bucks on amazon yeah. i bought them for my mom i bought them for the my in-laws i got them for my kids and you just choo, choo, choo. and i i never realized how much stress we hold in our head <laughs> Until I gave myself this little head massage. And so that's my learn. My learn is $4. I don't even know if it has a brand. I'm sure it's just general head massage. We'll we'll link to it in the show notes. Best thing I've ever spent my money on. They're pretty fabulous. That's what I've learned this week. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. (laughs) What about you, Missy? You want to give Olga a little more time? Yeah. Um, I caught up on The Crown. Don't know if you've heard of the show, The Crown. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm so far behind. <laughs> so I'm all caught up. I have finished season four. And that's kind of my look and my learn because I have to pause every episode. And I'm not, I've never really been totally into the whole royals. You know, I'm not obsessed. I, yeah. I am excited when there's a wedding to watch on TV because it's just kind of fun. <laughs> but it's not really my thing. So every episode I have to pause and I have to go Google things. So I've learned so much about people and their place in history and what was going on at that time and so it's kind of fun it is a little history lesson no we haven't watched the new season yet but it's i'm looking forward to it because it's kind of it's it's kind of moving into our time in a way yes yes with with diana and 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 margaret thatcher and and stuff like that so that's going to be you know interesting so we we haven't watched that yes but yet but it's on our list we are the one that we're watching together for the moment is suits we we, we also very much behind it's kind of it's 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 fun it's about lawyers and um it's fun and megan markle before she was a princess or whatever exactly exactly so speaking of royals (laughs) it all comes full circle i know i might have to check that out just out of curiosity i never watched it but i had forgotten she was on it so yeah Yeah, no she she she, she's not in there anymore so the the show goes on without kind of the two main protagonists but Uh it's, it's still really good and I'm watching, so be, um, I'm now watching Bridgerton, Bridgerton, like everyone else probably. Oh, yes. <laughs> and it's it's kind of fun, but I'm not very, very into it, to be honest. It's just f- frivolous fun, don't you feel like? Yeah, like it's just... yeah, it's just, okay, yeah. yeah. You know, we disagree, so let's kind of shoot at each other until one of us dies, you know, dueling and, and kind of... <laughs> yeah, I know. I did just watch the dueling episode and I just kept looking at my husband saying, dudes are so weird. Like women would not do that. They would just like sneak into someone's room and stab them and have it over with. (laughs) Like what's all this silliness about taking steps and you bring the doctor. Dueling is such a dude thing. It is such a dude thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And before that, I watched The Queen's Bad Gambit, which I thought was excellent. It was so good. Yeah. I really and such a beautiful show, like to look at all the clothes and yes. the settings, the cars and all of it was cool. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, no, it was really nice to watch. And there's this one scene when she's kind of playing this big tournament, you know, they're the biggest of her life. And they're actually, I was, I was actually, I, I know this probably would never happen in real life, but there were all those friends, her male friends cheering her on and giving her advice on how she could win. And I just was so kind of, this scene just made me very happy. 
like to see the scene where you know a bunch of guys cheering on this one woman playing yes fantastic yes and she was the hero of the show yeah that was touching i agree i hadn't really thought about it but yeah, to see them they're so invested in her success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right. Did you have any other LLLs that you did, Missy? Um, no. No, <laughs> I'm trying to teach my, I don't think so. I'm trying to teach myself or learn, I guess, what, like I need a, a little greenhouse for outside. So I've been reading about what kind I need, but like I haven't gotten very small far. small as you just showed with your hand, like how big like, is it? I really do just need something like a couple shelves. Uh-huh. So this year I brought in a bunch of little plants that of course then you bring in some little bugs and it's just it's been a pain. So I would like next year when it turns cold to have some sort of I just a few things. I would like to tuck away and have them survive the winter outside and not in my house. So well, I back back to the Enneagram episode from last week. I totally want to research that for you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to task you with finding me the best small greenhouse. I don't have space. I mean, I have a fantasy of having a huge, beautiful greenhouse with like twinkle lights and you can Aww. walk through it, but I don't have that kind of space. And yes. so it just needs to be something I can put on my side yard and not have to bring in every succulent I own and then have <laughs> like, and some of them don't like being inside really, yeah. no matter how much sun they get, they just don't like it in here. Um, I think they do better outside. So I wouldn't say I've learned anything yet, but that's what I keep going down those bunny trails this week. Every time I have a minute, I'm online trying to find a greenhouse you, and I haven't you made You will learn. Else. Well, yeah. it takes a while. Like, it's not like, like buying, you know, pencils or something. It's just this big thing that takes a while, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I just want just the right one. It has to look just right yeah. and it has to be a decent thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's a commitment. I'm probably spinning my wheels a bit, but that's what I've spent too much time on this week. And Olga, this has, this has nothing to do with uh, today's topic, but just curious. Have you ever heard of the Enneagram? Do you know your Enneagram number? I've heard of it and I think I even talked to Tess, but no, I don't remember the number. Yeah, I, I've heard good things about the big five, like how you have five big traits and then you look at how much you have of each of those traits. Like yes. conscientiousness and neurosity and introversion, extroversion is there also, I think. Ooh, like what's it called? Big the big five? five? The big five, yeah. Okay. Writing that down. But yeah, I, there's so many tests right now that are interesting. Yes, we're, we're just yeah. trying to learn. We're doing the deep dive to figure out what we're all about here. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get it no all problem. figured out, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, well, Olga, thank you. I know it's bedtime at your house or getting close to bedtime. So we so <laughs> appreciate you taking some of your evening time away from family and being with us. No, it was a pleasure. <laughs> so it's, I'm really happy <laughs> to, to do this. And thanks well, for inviting me. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to get to put a more of a face and a voice with the name that I've seen in my Facebook groups. So I'll yeah, I'll, I'll, it's nice. we're going to link to the book in our show notes. Is there anything else we can share with our audience? Places to follow you, website, social media, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I run a Facebook group called the Nixon Years, like Musket Years, ah. but Nixon Years. Okay. So um, I can send you the link, but it's I think it's easily findable on Facebook. Okay. So, um, yeah. Wonderful. Awesome. We'll put that in our show notes too. Thank you so much. Fun. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thanks everyone for joining us this week on Mom and Dot Dot Dot. And of course, a big thank you to Olga Mekin for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review to help other busy moms be able to find us. And remember, we've got some professional life and career coaches coming up for upcoming episodes, and we need your questions. So go to momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out and click on what's your question. And you can link to leave an anonymous or you can leave your name for your question, or you can also call 512-730-0835 and you can leave us a voicemail with your question. Also, be sure to join our private Facebook group. You can find the link to that and all of our social media accounts over on our website. Again, that's momandandpodcast.com. Now go out there and try some Nixon and make those ellipses count.